It's Monday, December 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who believes that with great power comes great free stuff from all kinds of people. J.P. Shadrick. It is that time of year. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, we've got a busy show as always on Monday. Coming up, senior writer for CBS Sports, Pete Prisco. Down in South Florida. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle, Tony Baselli will join us. As always, we'll review week 16. Jets 26, Jaguars 21. The Jags had the ball at the one-yard line. I couldn't score. Social media questions are all over the place today. We're going to get through a bunch of them, and we'll go around the league and hear some radio calls in week number 16. Well, the Jags fell short in New York. Now seven straight losses for the Jags. The defense gave up 273 rushing yards, tied for the fourth most in franchise history allowed for the Jaguars' defense. Special teams gave up another kickoff return touchdown and some other long ones as well. The offense had the ball in their hands on a two-minute drill, got down to the one-yard line, but short and interim head coach Daryl Bevel after the game on that final possession and situation. So at the end, you know, we had we ended up having that that play where the ball I think almost got tipped, and then uh, you know Marvin ended up catching it on the one, and um, we ended up taking we ended up spiking it, you know, to get the clock stopped there on on a third down, so that, um, you know to be able to try to get us into the best play, and then you know we just didn't do a good job of communicating and getting lined up on the last play. Um, you know, it should have given us plenty of time, but uh, you know we didn't we didn't execute it very well there. That's Daryl Bevel after the game. Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli joining us now. Pete, good afternoon to you. Yeah, that's a poor explanation for what happened at the end of the game. Okay, they botched it. There's a better explanation for it. You botched it. You don't spike it on third down. The downs are more valuable. Play, play football. And why were you running it in the middle of the field with a minute and five seconds left? What are they doing? And, and <laughs> I've heard, I heard people blaming Trevor for that. I had guys texting me saying, was that on Trevor? How does he not know? Did they tell him in his helmet to spike it? Do we know that? Do not know that. Well, I don't know. I do not know that. But I think he's – I mean, they when they lined up, I think they uh, – 20 seconds or something like that, 18, 20 seconds when they got, you know, tried to get everything organized. You had plenty of time, to your point, Pete. You do quick hand signals, run a fade. Run some combination route, rub, rub, whatever. I mean, you should have got two shots in the end zone um, instead of a spike and then fourth down, which, by the way, was all over the place from a standpoint of not being organized and not knowing how to line up. Which so so they used the they used the third down well to get organized and get the right play on fourth down. I mean, come on, what are we doing? And then you know you look at I agree with you that like the thing down things getting enough coverage is is no timeouts left. You know, zone read or whatever it was, <laughs> and it left. I'm like, what do we do? I mean, so um, it was interesting to say the least. And the, a couple of things that I thought that were a little bit surprising to me. One, the NFL didn't stop play and review whether Marvin Jones was in in the end zone or not because it was really Agreed. close. Agreed. It was really, really close. So I'm not I sure watched it again I'm... on the game. Did you watch the tape today? Because on the tape, it looks like he's almost in. 
Yeah, I, I, I've seen some pictures. I've not watched it. I've been running around uh, dealing with some family stuff today. So um, had not seen that. But yeah, I agree with you, Pete. It, it looked like to me um, from the angle. Now, you know, you can the angles can fool you. Um, but it, it looked like it at least deserved to be stopped to play and take a look. So right. here's one of those, like, big, was, if they're not rushing right. to spike the ball, do you think they have time to stop the play and look at it? Well, the NFL should be getting that before anyone else does. Unlike in real time, this is what they do. They have 50,000 televisions in the New York office. They should have seen a glance at it. One glance says, stop, buzz, stop play. Um, you know, because all they have to do is they, they, all they have to do is buzz them. As long as the buzzer comes before the play, you're fine. Um, but JP, it's a fair question. I mean, do they if they take an extra couple seconds to call a play, um, do they maybe get it reviewed and maybe win the game? Now it was a it was a break. Let's be honest. That should have been a pick six. I mean, it's a pick <laughs> right. six. It wasn't a it wasn't a tip. It was a dropped interception that ricocheted right. to Marvin Jones. I mean, it was a terrible it was a terrible decision. Yes, it was a gift. I mean, that should have been taking house call the other way. And, by the way, um, if I put my Pete Briscoe hat on, what's best for organization, the best thing happened. Got, got experience uh, in a two-minute situation, great learning, and lost. We're probably going to have the number one overall pick. I was amazed that you just said that because <laughs> I was sitting there watching in the green room yesterday, and I told those guys, I go, on Monday when I go in with Vaselli, I say this is a great for the organization, and he always argues with me. You, you, you've been, I wore you down. You're done. You're finished. <laughs> wow. I never I'm thought down. I'd hear it ever, ever. But I mean, I mean, if you look at it, if you take all the emotion out of it, from a player or a coach's perspective, having the number one pick's better than not. If you're going to stink, like why stink so bad and get the number three pick? Right. And you prove you could drive it in the two minute drill. You just didn't finish it. And, and by the way, on second on second down, Marvin Jones, almost in the exact same spot on the other side, is wide open, and he decided to throw it to the back. Why, I have no, no idea. No idea. But the other thing is, it was a gift that they were in that game as well. If Ron Milton wasn't, is, wasn't uh, allergic to kicking field goals... <laughs> It would have been a tie. <laughs> that was like a that was like a, a how not to for a coaching uh, resume, dude. Like someone told them you're not allowed to kick field goals today. I mean, so I mean, all all in all, kind of like it. It ended up kind of how you probably deserved. I mean, the bottom line is we still don't make enough plays. No, I did like the fact that we're pushing the ball down the field. We push the ball down the field. Guys don't catch it. They don't hang on to it. They don't make plays. It has to be like perfect. Everything has to be like perfect. That's not how the NFL works. So you need, you know, receivers doing something. Um, I thought Trevor was much better. Now, did he benefit from the fact that he was playing the worst defense in the NFL who was without five starters because of COVID? Yes. Was it benefited from that's the worst pass rush in the history of mankind? So you have time back there? Uh, yes. He stood back there all day. <laughs> yes. Those are all good things. Is it, is it, did it help him that he was playing against a secondary that had like guys who showed up 30 seconds before the game and put a Jets jersey on for the first time? Yes. All things that help. It doesn't matter. It was a good day overall. He learned and hopefully can be a confidence builder and, and the kid can play. I mean, I'm, we've said that all along. Put some weapons around him. Give him a little bit of time. He has he has huge upside. 
There no. was a some company. I think it was Roto World put out a tweet today as about how he's the worst quarterback in throwing the ball down the field in some time or something. And I'm like, okay, but if that that, that he hits. Treadwell has to catch that one down the field. Marvin yeah. Jones, the other one. Marvin yeah. Jones on that one had to catch that one. I mean, there were two big plays that were dropped. I and then there were a couple other drops as well. Marvin Jones dropped two, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday. Yeah, he did. I mean, it's just. Look, he was better. It's funny to see, and he still his accuracy at times is okay. But I'll give you an example, Tony. There was a play where he hit Treadwell on the cross from the right. It came in from the right side, where he opened to the left, looked, stood, moved up in the pocket, and then fired a shot to the middle of the field for about 16 yards, I think it was, on the right side. The very next play, he comes back. I think it was he had he didn't wait long enough, and he had the, the I think it was the tight end behind him on the back, but. Those are the things where you can see it's there. It's just a matter of when it gets there consistently because he has it. Yeah, well, I agree. And, well, you know. and and now the trick's going to be the, the the running game. Obviously, two weeks to go. James Robinson is done a torn Achilles. That was uh, awful. A, a non-contact play early, and you know it's going to be Ogunbowale a lot of the way. It sounds like the rest of the way at running back. Yeah, well, he missed a lot. Of, he missed a bunch of holes yesterday, and that's when you watched the tape. There were some cavernous holes there, and he missed them. Well, he's, a, he's not a guy who's a great cut, cutback guy. He no. doesn't have. He's downhill, you know, one to zero cuts. You know, he's not a. He's not going to jump cut, see the backside, and get there. It's just not. I feel sorry is. for James. Ro- I feel really bad for James Robinson because he handled everything this year like a pro. Could have been complaining and moaning and groaning. And I know he went on with Brett Martin and those guys and complained a little bit, but not really. When he was asked a question, he answered it. And here we, they try to get rid of him. They drafted the guy to replace him. They didn't give him the ball the first couple of weeks. He carried the ball, got going. Then he got hurt. Then he fumbled. Then he was benched. Then he was set. I mean, the whole thing has been a disaster for him. And you wonder now, will he ever be the same guy? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Cam Akers just came back, is already on his way back now after tearing his Achilles earlier in the year, but that can sometimes be a tough injury to come back from for a running back. Well, the good news is, much like, you know, the ACL of old, it's every year it gets better and better, the surgery and the rehab and how guys return from that, Pete. So, I mean, Cam Akers is, is, in a, is active after five and a half months. You would have never seen that in the past. It was a 12-month injury. And so, you know, he's a young guy. You know, he's going to have the best medical team and surgeons and rehab, you know, that you can get. And let's hope for the best. But the reality is, is the concern is, you know, he was one of the guys I was talking about you can build around. Right. Right. Now you can't. Now you got now questions. You can't count on it. You have all kinds of questions. So now oh. you're looking at, okay, now we got to go maybe address the running back position. So now, so now how many guys on offense can you build around? Mm. I got like two, maybe two, two, two and a half, three. I was at three to four before. No, that well, was Cam. Not a, what? It's, like, it's Cam. It's Cam Robinson, Trevor. That's it. That's I mean, ben Bartz, maybe. Etn. I don't know about Etn. I've seen him. Is he going to be? No, okay? yeah, you know. Who knows? You don't know, but he's going to be there. But you're right. Well, I know you're going to be. I, he's going to be there, but I didn't see anything in training camp that I think he's a twenty carry guy between the tackles running back. No, I don't either. No, I don't either. I mean, nowadays, I nowadays, how many guys are though, Tony? No, you had one until he just tore his Achilles. 
But no, he didn't get 20 no, carries no, in a game this season. Carries. No, yeah. 18 like was his high. 18. Okay, last last year he was. How about that? <laughs> think, about, think about that. He never got 20 carries in a game. Unreal. Hey, we got plenty ahead, of course. We'll uh, come back. We've got plenty of defensive talk. Zach Wilson Whoa. ran through the Jaguars like a deer yesterday. Zach Wilson. We'll get to some reasons why. A little later, special teams talk. That'll cheer us up. Second hour, your social media questions and much more. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. And by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli recapping a Jaguars loss to the New York Jets. And just a few moments ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars have made a number of roster moves, including officially placing running back James Robinson on injured reserve. They have added 10 players to the reserve COVID-19 list this afternoon. Here they are. Tight end Dan Arnold, defensive tackle Malcolm Brown, Defensive end outside linebacker Caleb Unchazon. Tight end Luke Farrell. Defensive tackle Devon Hamilton. Center Brandon Lender. Tight end Chris Manhurts. Defensive end and outside linebacker Laurenti McCray. Guard Andrew Norwell. And defensive lineman Jahad Ward. They've added one practice squad player to the practice squad COVID list. That's Jared Hawker, an offensive lineman. Claimed two players off waivers from the Rams. Linebacker Jameer Jones and running back Makai Sargent. Ten active players added to the four already there on the COVID-19 list, guys. Um, Pete, that well, is it, it's, crazy, Tony. It, it, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, just look at where the Jets went last week. It started off like with eight, and then they went to 14, and then they went to 17, and then the head coach. Like, this Omnicron deal, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but just looking around, you know, I don't think the vaccine's all that effective. It doesn't feel like it because everyone's getting it, regardless of vaccine or not. Um, it's milder, though. Well, like most viruses, and let me just be really careful here because I'm not going to play. I'm going to play doctor on you know radio. Um, <laughs> everything, everything I've been told is that you know viruses like this typically get more contagious and weaker as they mutate. And I think that's what you're seeing. You know, early, I got that first. That's virulent. That's virulent. I got the early case where I about killed, you know, it was like, kill you. And it's slowly devolving where it's not as bad, but it's super contagious. I mean, it just spreads. like It's it's like a cold. Remember, like, remember the old days before COVID was around? Like, there are these things called colds that go around, and everyone would get them. Like, it would go through the locker room. And... You'd play the game. Guys, some guys would have runny noses. Some guys would have a cough. As long as you were hydrated and you weren't having a fever, like you played the game. Well, I mean, Andrew Norwell played 70-something snaps yesterday, and he's on the list today. But my point, that's my point, Pete. That, I mean, my, well, I guess what I'm saying, I think it's going to get worse. Like, I think the NFL, forget the Jaguars right now, because – I hate to say this, but the NFL doesn't care about whether the Jaguars have COVID or not because they're not in the playoffs. They're not going to impact the playoffs, whatever. They do worry about the game because New England's in the playoffs. They got to make sure the game gets played tomorrow because it impacts the overall standing. Where the NFL has a big issue coming, Pete, 
is Playoffs. in January. Yeah, but maybe by then it'll because like in South Africa it ran through and it was gone in about three three weeks. Oh, I think they got an issue coming. I think I read I did I did the research. It was gone in South Africa in about three weeks. Okay, Pete. I hope you're right. I'm just thinking. Here we go. It's gonna but like be- in the next couple of weeks, you're right. It's going to be. Well, didn't they stop testing asymptomatic players too? Yeah, they, correct. You're not, uh, well, if you're vaccinated, so, if you're vaccinated, correct. So that means all those people are either unvaccinated or vaccinated and With have symptoms. symptoms, right? But like, what symptoms? Well, let's put it this way. If you were playing back in the day, Baselli, and you had a stuffy nose, I would I would be taking. Let me tell you what I'd be doing. If I'm just being completely honest, would you tell people you were symptomatic? No, <laughs> I didn't think he would. I'd be taking like Tylenol, <laughs> cold and flu, dry up my sinuses. He'd be spreading it through the entire locker room. There's a fungus among us. It's Baselli. <laughs> <laughs> now, the flip side of that is, I mean. My guess is I probably would be honest because what you don't want to do is be the reason the whole team's out. Right. Like, you either, you either have to make a pact as a team, like, hey, listen, guys, we're in this together. We're not telling, reporting anything unless you're, like, really, really sick. And yeah, if you're not you really, really sick. Somebody really, really sick, and then he ends up in, like, where you were in March last year, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, but, but, Pete, everything I'm reading in this Omnicron, that's not the case. No. Yeah, I, I heard it's it's definitely less. We've had we've had it run through our building recently at work, and and you know we all had to be tested again, and nobody you know the guy who had it didn't even have any symptoms. He was tested because another guy had it. Yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, well, I mean, let's be real. I, Testing's a big business. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I should have got into it much years ago. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because right now, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. So because I've had, I've had to I've had to take tests because of close contacts over the weeks of people, and I mean I have no symptoms, but you never know. Take the test, you're like, I wonder if it's going to come back positive or negative because you don't have to have symptoms to get this stuff uh, to have it. But you're right though. Any little sniffle, and you're all oh, uh, COVID. I got COVID. You, everybody thinks they have COVID now. The, the flu and the cold have gone away. They don't. They don't exist. Except for my my wife's the exact opposite. She just thinks because I because I'm overly cautious. We have the radio show and we have the broadcast. And NFL has its rule. It was so funny. My wife. This was weeks ago. And I came home. She's like, see, you know, runny nose, not feeling good. I'm like, I go, you gotta get tested. She's, I don't have COVID. It's called a cold, Tony. I have a cold. That's all I have. And this is before the Omicron. And uh, this is months ago, and, and I'm like, no, you. Ha- I go, you. you and she, I mean, the best is so I went and got tested just because that's what you do. And she goes, and it comes back negative, and she just looked at me. She says, "I told you, I have a cold. There's such things as cold still, because you're right, Pete. I tell that story because you don't know, and every sniffle or cough or heck, is you, you travel. I mean, you don't travel as much as I do anymore. But you're on the plane, you hear someone coughing or sneezing, you're like, oh great, COVID, here we go. Right. The reality is it could just be a head cold. Right. So either way, either way, there are 14 names on the list at the moment. That means well, um, I guess it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna increase, JP. Uh, I think. I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer or a doomsday guy here, and I hope no one gets sick. That's the most important. I mean, I hope no one gets seriously sick. I hope it is just a cold, like Pete and I are talking about. 
Correct. You know, God forbid anyone getting really sick. I mean, I have in-law, I have um, relatives who are older who are very um, susceptible and have other underlying conditions. So, I mean, I got tested last week coming home from travel, even though I felt no symptoms, just to make sure before I went on. Um, so we don't want anyone to get sick. But um, good news is these are young guys. They're healthy. The reality is they'll probably be fine. But I think the list is going to grow. I think the numbers will grow. I think if it's 10 today, I wouldn't be surprised if it's near 20 by Wednesday. And then you got to prep for so, the game so on like Sunday. The, so like the rest of the season, they're going to be playing with a lot of practice squad looking players this week. Well, listen, maybe it works out because the last two weeks we played teams that were ravaged by COVID and weren't very good and they beat us. So maybe we can be the team ravaged by COVID and beat the <laughs> right. team. Well, JP, JP already guaranteed this one. Remember yeah, a long time did. ago. No, what what if the Jets won too? Yeah, what if oh, he's done. it was a it was a sweep of the AFC East, and what if it's the Jets of all teams that ruined that block? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you don't you don't actually believe that, do you, JP? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I mean, before the COVID news, they were only sixteen and a half point underdogs. So my guess is that's going to increase as the COVID cases increase. But let's go back to the bigger issue. The NFL has a problem, Pete. I don't know how they're going to get through the last. I mean, knowing the NFL, they'll just push through and say, we are going and figure it out. We are playing games. But we, we've seen the NHL shut down. By the way, 99% of the league is vaccinated in the NHL. And they've shut down. Because, I mean, by the reports, and again, I'm all pro-vaccine. I've been vaccinated. I've had it. Me get too. vaccinated. I get smart. It sure doesn't feel like the vaccine's working against this Omicron then, because that, because everyone's getting it. I mean, maybe yeah. get boosted. They're going to be playing games. There's going to be te- – look at the Saints tonight. They're playing with yeah. Adam, Look at all the guys they're not playing with tonight. Right. The they're starting Ian Book. Right. <laughs> and they tried to reach out to Drew Brees and Philip Rivers, allegedly. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. You know maybe, what you like, though? If the Jaguar – if Trevor Lawrence got COVID, maybe the Jaguars could call Brunel. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 I've seen him throw it. He can spin it still. Um, you know what's interesting to me? What I love about the NFL, the, the arrogance. That's uh, not arrogance because this is a good thing. Like the, the attitude of the NFL is like we're playing football. Like figure it out. I don't care if you have to go find the fiftieth quarterback. Go find the fiftieth quarterback. You're playing. This is the season. We are playing. Where you see these other leagues like the NHL shut down. NBA's having all kinds of issues. They're canceling games left and right. And the NFL is like, nope. <laughs> now, now, part of that too is like the NHL is what uh, well, NBA's eighty games, right? NHL is about that, so they got many more games. Well, not only that, not only that, you in the NHL and in the NBA, you could push and move it out. That's right. Out. You yes. can't move the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> Everybody's got the you got this plans there. Well, and I, I, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk. But the people, the amount of people who care about the NHL Stanley Cup or the NBA playoff finals compared to the people who care about the Super Bowl is minuscule. I mean, corporations plan their entire year around the Super Bowl. Correct. By the way, here's yeah. the other thing. Last week you had in the last 12 of the last of the 12 last days, nine of them have had primetime football. <laughs> the NFL hates that COVID is doing this, but in the back of their mind. They're not so bad. Did you see the ratings for those Tuesday games last week? No. By God. Were they big? I, I yeah. 
Yes, and they were split. You could only get one or the other. That's right, yeah. That's right. Well, listen, we said it last year. I'll say it again. I could argue that the, the, the NFL should be playing games on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Take Wednesday off. Pick it back up on Friday. Take Friday. Can't play on Friday. Pick it, up, pick it up on Thursday. Take Friday off. Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> it just, I mean, well, they just did that. That's what, but that's they what just people did it. want. That's my point, Pete. That's what people want. Yep, I agree. I mean, you I always read. You, I always see your brethren, some of the national brethren, saying, "Oh, it's too much. It's too much football. It's going to be a diluted product." The fans say, "No, no, we love it. Fantasy football, gambling. This is what we do. We right. want it more. Right. Give us more. Uh, more and more. It's, you can't. You can't feed the beast enough. It's the greatest reality TV known to mankind. Correct." Uh, speaking of that, the reality was Sunday that Zach Wilson ran all over the Jaguars' defense. We'll get into that performance. Oh, my gosh. We oh. got to talk about it. We got to talk, Pete. I mean, JP and Pete, I, I, I did see this. We got to talk about that 52-yard run and some of the effort by some of the Ooh. players in that. We got we to dive into that. We got to dissect it. I we're going to go, go deep. We're going to take a deep dive when we come deep back. Dive. A deep dive coming up on the uh, defensive performance Yesterday, of course, the second hour, your social media questions and much more ahead. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon after Week 16. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. Jaguars fell to the Jets 26-21. And in yesterday's game, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense allowed the Jets to run all over them all day long. 273 rushing yards tied for the fourth most allowed in Jaguars franchise history. Zach Wilson could not be stopped. Four carries, 91 yards and a touchdown of 52 yards. His previous long uh, or high in yardage rushing in the NFL this year, he's a rookie of course, was 33 yards. His high in college was 73 yards back when he was a a spry 18-year-old in 2018. Well, he goes for 91, including 52 on one play, Tony, and about four guys Let's had a chance and again. missed. Let's watch this again for see who the quitters are. Let's break down. Okay, here he goes. He's running down the sideline. Okay, we're not going to tackle you. Okay, and why is someone, no one diving in there? Like, yeah, so well, Smart missed the sack. Isn't that kind of, a little part of that is a little... You're going out of bounds, and then you don't go out of bounds. Okay, go rewind that. Rewind it. (laughs) I want to rewind it. Rewind it. Okay, right here. Watch uh, Jason. Yeah, he thinks he's running out of bounds. Jason's about five yards behind the play, slowing down. Rudy Ford. Guess what you do? You don't run behind him if you think he's running. Run in front of him. Force him to run out of bounds. If you're running behind him. Like you're setting yourself to be embarrassed like this, and this is what happened. Run be like, what are you running behind him? Run in front of him, and then dive. Well, here's the other. Thing, but is it? Let me ask you this: Is there a part of it that's tacky for not going out of bounds? No, I love it. Because he, well, he made it look like he was going out of bounds, and then he didn't. And, he, and you know, sometimes, did you remember like Kenny Pickett? Looked yeah. like he was going to slide and then didn't slide in that game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and then, that's and different. That one, and they changed the rule after that. 
by the way. Yeah, correct. So that didn't look like he was running out of bounds. Like he was, he never slowed down. He was running full speed. Yes, he, he was, did. No, I disagree. Show it again. Show it again. <laughs> he did look like he was going out of bounds. Kind of a high step. It's not really a slow down. It's like a yeah, yeah. Kind of okie doked him is what he did, and that's fine. Hey, they're right there at the okay. thirty-three yard line. Yeah, like I, like, why is Chase on slowing down? Why is look at go back? Like, look, why is Cisco like like go run, sprint? Game's on the line. I'll be honest with you. Now that I look at it, when I watched it first, I thought it looked like he was going out of bounds, and he didn't. He just kept running. Look I mean, what's like he supposed he never, to do? Like Pete, he plants and cuts back. It was all. It's a, it's an awful display of hustle. It's an awful display of tackling. It's an awful display of football awareness. And Pete, because if 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 Rudy Ford cuts him off in front, he forces him out of bounds. Look at the angle. It's a terrible angle. Well, Winger didn't make a very good play. Oh, he whiffed on him. It was the Ole. It's like, oh, mm. here we go. And my point of saying that is, and I've been a big fan of Rudy Ford. I think Rudy Ford is a good find. But but this is two weeks in a row. You go look at the kickoff return um, week before, whoever we played at all, uh, Houston. Rudy Ford um, did not have a courageous moment of going in there to make the tackle. And, JP, you've seen it. I know you have. Um, and then this right here, it's back-to-back weeks. Come on. You can't do that. Because I think he's a good football player. Cisco, you're getting your first chance on the field. Man, you should be busted. And he played good. He did some really good things. But you have to bust it on every play. That's what good teams do, by the way. That's what good defenses do. Chase on. What are you doing? Go. Until he's out of bounds, go. Yeah, that's well, that, inexcusable. Yeah, and that's a bunch of young players who des- deserve to see that over and over again oh, in, the, in the film room. Oh. I, just, I, just, I wouldn't even say a word. I just go. Okay, I, I, this is what I would do. And I, I probably can't get away with this today, but this is what would have happened. <laughs> and then back in high school, when I was a high school coach, this is what I do. I just go and I just I would wouldn't yell. I just keep on going back and forth. And I say, hey, um, so and so, can you explain to me what's going on here? Are you going full speed? And I just ask questions in front of everybody. And then back to the next guy. Hey, so and so, good angle here. Did you quit on the play? Why this guy score? Like there has to be accountability. You don't have to I rip agree. guys. No, I agree. I, you, know, you, you just. By the way, you don't have to rip them. You have to call them names. This is professional football, though. There needs to be accountability. And you know what? When you have a good team, you don't even have to do that as a coach because the players in the locker room. If that would have happened in the locker room I was in, you would have got ripped. Not by the coaches. Well, you would have. Tom would have ripped them too. But the players, like, what are we doing? Yeah, what, what's the what's the point of lollygagging? There's never, there's no win to lollygagging because it's going to be see, everybody's going to see it, it. It only hurts you, especially if you're like a bubble player right. and, and like, and you're yeah. going to see it. We're all, it, the tape is out there. Everybody's going to see it. Yeah, I used to say all the time, part of I would play hard, and I'm sure that someone could find tape of me doing something stupid. I guarantee it. But I was always, I'd go in. And after the game, I'd be thinking of like every play because I don't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want my peers around the league. I knew that every coach, every defensive line coach would be watching my tape and the defensive line would be watching them. And what, who I was as a player is my signature I put on that tape. That's who you are. I and agree. as a player, you have to understand that. That's who you are. 
And the only way you overcome that, if you're Rudy Ford or any of the other guys or Chase on or whoever it is, you got to say, that'll never happen to me again. And if that happens, if you take that away, then guess what? You'll be okay. Well, it's just like at the end of the game last night. If I'm, um, if I'm a personnel guy and I put on the Washington team, and I, I want to see who's playing hard still at the end of that game. I used to say it all the time. You find out, you find out blowouts who your guys are. Who are the dudes who care? Who are the right. dudes who are like, I'm a pro, and you know what? I don't care. And I'm not, I'll tell you a story. Uh, we were playing the Patriots one year, and I'm not going to tell you the individual on the offensive line who, who said this to me. Um, and we were down, you know, we were down like two or three scores in the second half. And, you know, it's mid third quarter and here we go this is what tom said okay we're down we're going two minute and we are chucking around the field we're going to get back in this thing and it's an offensive lineman that is miserable it is flat miserable when you have the likes of willie mcginnis and chris slade and all these patriots come in and teddy brewski and everyone else and they have their hand on the ground and their ears pinned back and they're coming after you it's a long quarter and a half it's a long it's brutal and i remember we're sitting there and we're getting ready to go on the field and <laughs> Tom goes, we're going two minutes. And one of my offensive line mates is like, oh, come on. What, what are we doing? And started complaining. And I looked at him and said, hey, listen, dude. This is what we signed up for. Stop complaining and let's go. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. I didn't want to do it. But like, woo, this is going to be fun. Let's do one-on-one pass pro against all pro defensive ends for <laughs> 45 minutes. But guess what? That's the game. That's what you sign up for. You got to well, go. What'd you, what'd you tell Wydell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee you it wasn't Wydell. Wydell was retired by then. <laughs> like, um, because, listen, I've had in my, from high school through, if I think back, there was a couple moments where I had coaches question, they turn on the tape and, it, and I didn't look great. And they questioned me. And that hurt me. Because I never wanted to be questioned as a player about effort. Well, you don't want to be questioned ever about anything, and particularly about your work ethic. That's my point. Right. And that, and so, this is a. If you're not good, if you're not good, you're not good. There's not no none of the work ethic in the world will forget make about you that. good. Forget, forget, forget right. about that. You're talking By about way, good I players think, who don't show work ethic. I think Rudy Ford's a good football player. Straight line. But my point is, he's a good guy. Like, I want him on my team as at least yeah. on special teams and a down-the-line yeah. secondary player. Correct. But what I've seen the last two weeks, come on, Rudy, what is that? Like, for the three quarters of the season up until the last two weeks, you've been a rock star flying around, making plays, violent. Come on, man. you got to do it for 16 games. You know what, J.P.? He didn't call out his team and his players when he was in high school, but he just called that Rudy Ford. I was about to say, he's going after well, the 21 Jags. <laughs> no, but, well, come on. I mean, is, are, we not, are we not sitting here watching it? I mean, it's not like – No, you're, you, know, you have every right to call I, him out. I'm not I'm bringing back, and I like Rudy Ford. You don't have to preface it by saying that. He dogged it on the play. Just say it. Why can't you? You I, sound I, like you, know, you sound like a network analyst sometimes. Oh, well, you know, yeah, just say no, it. No, first of all, I'm only saying I like him because 
you idiots are making coming after me now, so I'm defending myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, plenty ahead. We need to hear from Trevor Lawrence. We haven't done that yet. Uh, we'll hear from the Jags quarterback. We talk about the, wait. We got to talk about the Whirly Bird coming up too. Did you oh, see it? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be. Oh, Tony. I said I said out on my Twitter. Look at the Whirly Bird was in action again yesterday. <laughs> okay, I gotta look it up. I haven't seen it. I've been on. Tony, Twitter. we'll do a little research. We'll uh, go through the draft order. When we uh, come back as well, it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Compared to all the games, uh, it's, it's tough to say, but like I said, the guys, they played great up front. He can't ask for anything more. You know, fit hardly any pressures at all. Um, I had a lot of time, and that was an emphasis I wanted to make this week too, was sitting in there, trusting those guys a little bit more instead of looking to scramble. So just sitting in there, trusting those guys, um, allowing myself to have an opportunity to make the plays downfield. And you saw um, we made a lot of them. We even left some out there that we got to hit, you know, missed a couple throws. Um, a couple guys go up, make the play. Like, there's there's still more plays out there as, as well as we, you know, or as many big plays as we hit. So that's, that's a positive thing. That's Trevor Lawrence. He was sacked once, hit four times in the game yesterday, the loss to the New York Jets and his Jaguars happy hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. And veterans, choose VA for the benefits you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, second hour coming up. Of course, at the top of the hour, we'll get your social questions. We'll go around the NFL. We'll continue to recap the Jags' loss yesterday. The one sack, though, in the game was costly. It was a 19-yard sack and a fumble and a return of six yards to flip the field. And uh, it was not pretty. Not pretty. I saw I saw the Whirly Bird. What well, what is that? It's not it's a I mean a lot of teams do it, Pete. It, but 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 usually he has to take inside you, you can't miss the guy. How about that? Right. Well he the idea is well, the, who's supposed the word, to block the outside guy? The tight end coming across, right? Yeah, yes. And then Linder should have got to try to get around to get Mosley. Here's the deal. The the Jets hit it right with the blitz. That's a tough block when the blitz is on. And they hit it right with the blitz. And that's a situation where Trevor has to learn, like, okay, I know the play. I know the situation. Like, punting's okay. I just, like, get down, take the sack. Like, how many times have we seen Tom Brady when that situation, he just goes down. He's like, okay, I'm done. Like, like, the good ones know. It's like, it's over. I don't remember you guys ever using the world bird, did you? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, our reverses and stuff, like some reverse pivots and stuff like that. We didn't call it the whirly bird, but yeah, I mean, I'm a, it's not a bad concept. It's just Trevor's got to be smarter. I mean, he's got to know, like, hey, I got no. You have to have ball security, and if you're going to try to run away like that, because he is athletic, so athletic quarterbacks can do it. We've seen it. You got to have great ball security. I mean, so you, no two so two of the worst, two of the worst plays of the year came because of the whirly bird. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's, maybe we should take it out of the playbook right now. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking only because we talked about this early. Uh, I just saw on Twitter because I was looking through Pete stuff that, um, and this is Caitlin Collins, who's this uh, CNN correspondent for um, the White House. White, uh, White House is coming out that the CDC is now shortening the isolation period for people who test positive, not just who are around it, from ten days to five days. And that 
you know, you're free to go after 10 days, five days, just wear a mask for the following five days. I mean, and so I think what I'm, my point is saying this is what Pete and I were saying earlier, this new variant is more of a cold that comes on quicker, leaves quicker. And the hope is, going back to our comments about how will this impact the rest of the season, obviously big story right now with the 10 guys from the Jaguars. And I did see on line, and the only reason I bring this up because it was on Twitter, that um, Andrew Dorrell is, is probably is out no matter what for 10 days, according to the NFL, because he's unvaccinated. So he's going to be out for sure for the game. But there might be a number of other guys on that list that will be ready to go by the yeah, game this test, Sunday. They got to test back in. Yeah, ba- right. based on the new well, – this is even saying – you know, it doesn't even say it's a test. It's just after five that's days, you're good the, to go. That's CDC. That's not the NFL. The NFL, you got to test back in. Right. Hey, we'll is, see if the league changes is, their watch, stance. Watch the NFL change it, Pete. I'm yeah. telling you. I'll bet you dinner by the end of the week. The NFL wow. is going to go. Where, where's dinner? Where's dinner? By the way, what uh, – what, um, <laughs> What do you call that variant? I want you to say it again for me. Omnicron. <laughs> what is it? JP, what variant? What's the name of the variant? Uh, hang on. I got to look. I don't know. Not Omnicron. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Omnicron. O-M-I-N-I-C-O-R-N. Omicron. What is it? Pete? It's not the Omni in Atlanta. It's, yeah, it's Omni. not the Atlanta Omnicron. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> O-M-I-C-R-O-N. Oh, Omnicron. He's <laughs> still not saying it right. The house that Omnicron. Dominique built. Omnicron. Great. Omnicron. Omnicron. <laughs> Omnicron. Unbelievable. It, it keeps it within the theme of the show, though. No matter where we go, there's always a butchering well, of the name. I didn't even catch on to Omnicron. it until you just now. I did, I did see something on Twitter. This was two weeks ago that... Multiple, like there was a question on Twitter, and then it was I looked online, and they said um, nobody actually knows exactly what the right uh, pronunciation of Omicron. It's not Omni. To your point, I butchered it. I'm not saying that, but like people all right. like how nobody knows how to say, say, say it. it. I see it. I see it. <laughs> wow. But I, I just I brought that up because I think it's. I mean, this is just coming across in the last ten. Uh, Ian Rappaport just did five minutes ago that from the CDC they're changing. So this is a moving target. With this whole uh, with the whole deal, and it'll be interesting to see how the NFL reacts. We saw them last week with no CDC guidance, basically come out and say, "If you're vaccinated and you're close contact, we don't care anymore. You're playing football." Well, you got to remember the CDC and everybody else; they follow the everybody follows the NFL. Well, but but if, if the CDC goes this far, you watch the NFL is coming back and says, "We're done testing. Play football." <laughs> right. Tee it up. Uh, let's take a look at the yes. That's actually good. News. Hold on, JP. That's that to me, and I know like we have to be careful still because there are you know compromised individuals, underlying health conditions, or older. We still got to be careful. I'm not saying everyone freak out and like it's over, but this is like as a country, like this is good that this thing is becoming less serious as far as getting people sick and you know saying. I was just talking to a buddy of mine who runs a health system, and he says we're seeing people come in. But we're seeing less people who have Omicron, um, whether they're vaccinated or not, ending up like in the ICU really sick. And so this is good. And trust me, I got a family member right now who is sick with this and not, and it feels like, you know what? But overall, like, I just want to get, I think all of us, whether you're an NFL fan or not, want this behind us. 
So we can go on and not every five seconds you're worried about, you know, this dang virus. So hopefully this is the start of us getting to the other side of it. And selfishly, from an NFL fan standpoint, someone who works around the NFL, I hope it does not impact the playoffs because I think we are getting ready to have one of the best playoffs that we've had in a long time because there is so much parity amongst the top teams. There is not one team or two teams that you need to say are dominant. Even the Green Bay Packers, if you look at their point differential, they win a bunch of close games. And they're the best team, and they're going to have probably the number one seed. So this is going to be a great playoffs, and I don't want to see it interrupted with, with uh, this dang virus. By Me the way, because these play, you're right. These playoffs are going to be fantastic. Unfortunately, we just have to sit here and watch it though. Again, that's the problem. Well, that's a different story, sure. JP. We're going to break down the second. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, and, and you know what? The way things are going, you'll be watching again next December, JP. Mm. <laughs> January. Well, I mean, listen. I think JP and I know we're getting up on a hard break. Yep. And not being in there today for multiple reasons. Um, just tell me when to shut up. But I am. Uh, oh. We need to. I want to talk about you know because I think the big story is where does this team? Because today was the first day that the Jacksonville Jaguars could start asking permission to talk to assistant coaches on other teams correct and could, could actually officially start the coaching search and let's talk about where do they go you know what are the, you know what is the plan moving forward um we have not gotten it right as an organization for a while now i think that's pretty clear based on the records it's wins and losses it's the best way to measure it coming off a tough season with the urban meyer stuff and where there was so much hoopla and i've never seen a a fan base and organization turned from being so excited about getting Ooh. the individual to wanting him gone as fast as it happened. And, you know, what happens at the, with the GM? Is Trent Baalke going to be involved? Is he not? I mean, let's talk about that because this next decision that Sean Khan has to make is critical to the future of this organization. Um, we have a young quarterback. We have a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. But you better surround him with the right people and the right culture and the right organization to have success in – you know, we need to get it right this time. Hey, by the way, Pete, you'll like this. The Omni was closed and demolished in 1997, just for the record, in Atlanta. Right. Well, Thank you, now Tom. the Omni crop is being destroyed by Baselli. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, believable. Uh, plenty ahead. Second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. Coaching search talk. Your social media questions and much more. One hour down, one hour to go. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Yeah, I was really proud of him. I was really proud of him today. You know, I thought he did a really good job of managing the game. Um, he took a lot of he, he took the, the checkdowns that were there. He took the shots that were there. Um, that's probably the thing that impressed me the most was the shot opportunities that he had. That um, that he took those, and you know, whether it's one early in the game down to uh, to Treadwell, you know, they got a pass interference even late. You know, the ball that he threw to uh, to Tavon there on the right on the right side their sideline in that two minute drill. 
did a really good job of, of taking that. Um, so, you know, I liked the throws he was taking. And then when they covered it deep, he, he took check downs and um, got a lot of completions. I don't know what he ended up, but uh, I liked the way he played today. That's interim head coach Daryl Bevel discussing Trevor Lawrence's day at the office at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey yesterday in week 16, a Jaguars loss. And welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. Hour number two, your social questions coming up. We'll go around the NFL as well. All right, so 26-21, the final score. The Jags offense did move the ball. They had the ball in their hands in the final two-minute drive, but came up a yard short. The Jaguars' defense was depleted, gave up 273 rushing yards, tied for the fourth most allowed in Jaguars franchise history. The special teams had a rough day again. Another kickoff return touchdown, six total returns for the Jets for 228 yards. And now the Jags have dropped seven straight for a 2-13 and record. Now it's on to New England to face Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots in Week 17. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli back with us. Well, Baselli's hands and his phone are back with us. I don't know. It was right in front of the camera a second ago. I don't know. Well, he's eating. What are you eating? Sorry, my daughter made me some food. I don't want to be rude. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you eating? It's like uh, she's all like toasted French bread with some kind of dip. It's outstanding. What a spoiled father you are. Unbelievable. Oh it really is. It's amazing. <laughs> is that well, that doesn't that's like a snack too. That's not dinner. Oh no, this is our hors d'oeuvres. That's an app. I have five five kids. If you don't know that, you do now. Two boys who are older and three girls who are younger. I love my boys. We, I mean, we're tight, but they are useless when it comes to, like taking care of dad. <laughs> my three girls are rock stars. Like I am like a king. This is like my castle, and I get served. They're just such good girls. I'm like, I love being. I, like I'm glad that I have boys and girls because they're so different. But the, the, the saying that uh, girls love their daddies, it's like, the, I mean, I'm telling you what, you know. What's that old saying? Being a, a, a girl dad or a dad girl, whatever. The girl dad. Is girl dad. Uh, it's a good thing. So yeah. My well, you know, she knows. Good. She knows the, the way to your heart is through your stomach. Oh yeah, she knows she can have the credit card and go do whatever the heck she wants. <laughs> <laughs> she's smart. So yeah, that was my uh, second daughter who made this, Alexis. So she's uh, all three of my girls are good girls. How about that? Um, very nice. We're all jealous. Sorry, that's for I, sure. I, I, yeah, guys, just, just, what were we talking about? For, uh, defense, the, the poor defense. Yeah, poor defense, oh, yeah. offense, the goal line at the end, and now it's really about moving forward here. This is the, Today is the day where the window can open to start interviewing over Zoom yeah. candidates that are still in the National Football League. You can talk to anybody that's not in the league at any time you want, but the window opened today, and, Tony, you brought it up. You know, what, what is the general – description of what you would like around here first of all start well, with the parameters yeah well I, I i'd back up even before that jp i think the first thing is what's the process going to be and who's going to be involved hmm. um it's something that you know shot has kept pretty close to the vest for the most part throughout the years of how this process goes and i think the biggest question right now and i have no sense and and i don't think anything you hear out in the national media i would not believe any of it not that any of the national reporters are doing a bad job, but I don't think anyone really knows outside of Shad Khan and maybe the, his closest advisors um, is what is he going to do with the GM? Because that'll dictate 
what the process looks like. Is Trent Baalke going to be involved? Is he going to be the GM next year? And if he is, will he be involved in uh, in picking the next head coach? And that, well, he's involved that in picking, he was involved in picking the last head coach. Yeah, I don't know if he was. I mean, he was. Yes, probably, he was. Yes, he was. Well, I, I don't want to go backwards and debate that one way or another because uh, I mean, we could go back and forth and because each of us have only heard partial information. Because um, I know for a fact you haven't sat down and talked to Shad specifically, nor have I on the topic. So I'm not going to speculate looking backwards. Um, but we can look forward and and if he's going to be a part of the process or not. Wait, you didn't see will, Pete going it, on the the boat the other week? No, I mean, come on. Pete, no, Pete's on. Pete's Pete's an outsider. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm half joking about the past. I'm, I'm more looking forward. I mean, Pete, you agree. The next biggest decision is that you have – and I think you need to make it before you pick your next head coach. Are you sticking with Trent Baalke as your GM? Because if I'm oh. a head coach interviewing for this job, I want to know. Right. Is this the guy I'm going to be tied to? If he's interviewing me, is he going to be the guy? I want to know. I want to know. By the way, you say I'm an out. Well, I had influence in getting the coach fired. <laughs> Oh my! We'll, we'll, we can pick that. That's a that's a whole show by itself. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm that's being sarcastic. I'm kidding. I look. I said it long before most people said it, but I had no bearing whatsoever on that. None, zero. Nor would I pretend to think that's the case. I just I, when I tell you this stuff, I tell you from what I would do if it was my it. team. No, that's and right. If it was my team, Trent Boggy would be gone. I'll be honest with you. I just think you need fresh. New blood, new start, and yeah. so why, why, and like you hear talk and scuttlebutt that maybe Shad likes Trent and he might keep him. I don't think that's a good decision, and it's not a look. Trent had his moment. He had his moment in San Francisco, a bunch of them. He had his moment there. It just it needs new. It needs fresh. Now who that is, to be determined. But I don't think you can. I don't think it's the right thing to say, okay, well, we got rid of Urban Meyer, but we're going to keep the general manager because the, the roster's so stocked, so let's keep the general manager. Right. I mean, so I just think you have to move on. I, you know, look, I'm going to say some things that I probably sh- won't, shouldn't say, but I think they need a figurehead. That's never stopped. Stop no. no. They need a figurehead, but you might stop. They need a figurehead in the organization. They need a not a figurehead, but a guy who can trickle down. And I've said this before. I've said it over the years. I think you need to have some kind of role in the building. John Elway. John Elway-ish. Uh, Pete, I'm going to stop you there because I do not want to have that conversation. I'm not going to have it on air. No, I'm not uh, going to have it on you. I'm just <laughs> giving my opinion. Yeah, I'm not, you, you, not, you and me have never talked about this. I'm just telling you, whether it's you or somebody else, they need somebody above, above that GM. And they need that guy to hire the GM and the GM and that guy to hire the coach. That's what they need to do. I want to go a different, I want to go a different direction on this. I think it's critical and you, and we, and and I think it's a fair conversation of what structure the organization should have and how, and that's fine. Like, I don't even, if if anyone brings my name up, I'm shutting down the conversation because I have nothing to do. Like I have less to do with this than you do, Pete. So I have nothing to do with it. I'm sitting on the show having this conversation with you. I get it, but I'm just saying the structure of the organization, whether it's you or, or whoever, somebody in that role down. But the big, but the bigger issue now with the window opening to go interview coaches, I think you have to make a declarative statement to set the tone whether he's going to be here or not, because that's going to impact who you want get 
and how you the interview goes and what's so basically you decide today whether you fire him now or or, or I would have to what? You have to so if he's yeah. here tomorrow then you aren't then the decision isn't being well, made well I, I also don't th- I, I mean yes the windows open today I also don't think you have to like oh my gosh let's race because we might miss out on the guy because you're I mean Unless you plan on hiring the, the guy before in the next two weeks, which I don't, and I'll tell you who I, what style coach I go to in a second. I'm not as worried about that. So no, I don't think if we don't hear something tomorrow, it's too late. I just think over again, the next- again, you're right though, Tony. If if Trent is involved in the process, then he's going to have influence in the process. Right. Which if he's not going to be here, it makes no sense for him to have influence in the process. Agree. That's my point. And so I think over the next week to two weeks, one to two weeks, that it is important for Shad Khan to come out and say either Trent Balky is the GM and he's moving forward and it's part of the process and that's how we're going to go and we're going to go hire a head coach or he's not. And I'm going to go rebuild and I'm going to cut, I'm going to, I'm going to wipe it clean to your point. Your, your recommendation is wipe it clean, start fresh and we'll argue the structure later, but you need a new GM, new head coach, and we're going to go do that and go find those individuals. That is right. an important thing, Pete, in my opinion, for the future of this franchise, that that decision needs to be made because that will influence who the next guy is. Well, okay, you can't – so if you're going to talk to somebody this week, yep. Trent Balky can't be involved in the influence of it unless he's unless the general you manager. Know, unless you know – He's the general manager. In my right. opinion, if, if, if Sean Conrad asked me, i say – Either keep him or don't. That's your call. Right. But if you're not going to keep him, he can't be involved in the process. I agree 100%. That's the way it should be. And if he's not involved in the process, then who is? Well, that's I, – I don't have an answer for that, Pete. I have no idea. I call don't me. Really understand. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't fully understand who was in the process the last tires. Well, Trent was. Well, Trent was. I mean, Trent was in the interviews. I don't know how the decision was made or anything else. But – Again, I'm going to go back to structure of organization. Here, lean on them. Here, hire them, and then they hire the next guy. And and I just think I just think if it's if he gets rid of if he gets rid of Trent, let's just say he gets rid of Trent. Who's running it? Who's running the search? Who's making those interviews? Who's who's talking football with the guy in the room? That's the problem. I would, Pete. I, I agree. I mean, you and I are on the same page here. I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest about Trent's body of work. Okay, he had he did some good things in San Francisco. You can't take it away from him. You can't. No, he did some good things. I, I, he I would never had some that. issues with some of the coaches in San Francisco. We know that all they're well documented. They're well documented. Dude, he, hold on, let's make sure because not everyone knows it like you and I do. He didn't hire Jim Harbaugh, but there was issues between him and Jim Harbaugh. And if you talk to a bunch of the media, and Pete, you're, you probably know this better than I do, that Trent was part of getting him out of there. Correct. Um, he hired Jim Tomasula. That did not. Jim Tomasula does not like him and, one bit. And I've heard I've heard the same thing that Jim Tomasula is not a fan. He hired Jim Tomasula. Fired Jim Jim Tomasula. He then hired Chip Kelly. Correct. Chip Kelly did not work out, and I heard there was major friction between Chip Kelly and. Well, I mean, and understandably so, because Chip Kelly can have friction with anybody, but that's a whole other And I'm not, by the way, I'm not blaming Trent for this. I'm not saying this is all Trent's fault. I'm just saying. No, but that's the way it was. That's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. Then he comes here. He's second in command. Then he gets 
then he gets promoted and in the while second in command big big from what i heard big proponent of urban meyer so that's his hire essentially he pushed for it so he pushed for urban meyer failure his draft and his free agency because that's him failure so why not just start over again well pete i mean because I'm, I'm going to be consistent here because I've never done it and I will never do it on this show. I'm not going to fire or hire anybody. Um, and I'm fine with you doing it. You have a different role than I do. I will say this. The decision has to be made and it needs to be crystal clear whether he's going to be the GM or not. I think that greatly impacts how you hire a coach. I think it impacts who will come be the head coach here. And so that that needs to be done before you start the process. Because Josh McDaniels isn't coming here to work for Trent Baalke. I don't know that. I don't know if Josh Peters is going to come here anyway. There, anyways, but he isn't coming there to work for Trent Baalke. I'll tell you that right now. He's not. He didn't go to Indy. He went to Indy for a day and then left. He didn't go to Indy. But the reason he didn't go to Indy supposedly was because there were issues with the interview and he thought it over and his family didn't want to go. That's different. Look, when your family doesn't want to go, you don't go. By the way, for the record, Tony, didn't you try to fire Hayes on this show one time? Yes, that's a good point. I did, you know, I Hayes did Carline. Hire Hayes Carline, Carline um, which is funny because Hayes is one of my favorite people in the meet Jacksonville media. Um, but I do like giving Hayes a hard time, and he ticked me off that day. And if he does it again, I'll fire him again on the air. Yeah, and him. who have I fired? I don't fire people on the show. Right, you fired Urban. I mean, just recently. I mean, yeah. You fired Urban. You fired Doug. You fired Dave. You fired everybody. <laughs> wow. Um, it's nice to have. It's nice to have that hammer. <laughs> yeah, I did fire Hayes. Yes, I, that's a good point, JP. I don't fire coaches. I fire media members. That's right. You know, it's just frustrating because they need to get it right. This is an organization that's been through misery and misery and misery, and they thought they got it right. They didn't get it right. They didn't get it right. They blew it. They hired the wrong guy. So get it right. And structure of organization matters. Who is he going to lean on? Who will he listen to? I don't know, yeah. but this, this is this, right now where we sit as an organization. We have had nine out of ten seasons since he's been the owner, and it goes before him too. I'm not I'm just talking about Shad's time. So it was bad before he got here. I'm not putting this all on Shad by any means. And I said it all along. What's frustrating me, Shad has done a lot of great things as owner for this team. He has stabilized the franchise. There is no longer talk of it moving to another city. He has invested in it. He wants success. He has done so many good things. The problem is right now it has been so bad for nine out of ten years, double-digit losing seasons in uh, nine of the ten years, that people are forgetting that. And his legacy is now tied to what is on the field, and it's not good. But he, but the difference this time is he has a franchise quarterback. He has a guy who can be great. You have to get it right now. And if you get it right, you can flip this quicker than you ever had in the past because they have you have the money. guy at quarterback. They have money, the right guy, quarterback, and an owner willing to spend, and they're building a new facility, and they have a passionate fan base. It's a great job. It's a great job. And and look, you know what they need, Tony? Mark Lamping has been very successful on that side of the Jaguars. Very successful. They need that guy on the football side, and they haven't had it. Well, my point, and I, I agree, Mark's been amazing. I mean, a lot of the stuff I just talked about, the business side, is 100, he's 100% responsible for under shot. Um, so there's no doubt about it. We've done great there. 
my point is on the football side, you have to get it right this time because otherwise you are. And I said this during the season, all that matters right now is you have to build this thing around your franchise quarterback and Pete, all the things you said. Yes. You have Trevor Lawrence. Yes. You have money. Yes. You have new facilities. Yes. You have a great city. Yes. You have fan base. Yes. You have non no state income tax. There's so many positives. None of it matters. Pete. None of it matters. If you don't get the right hire, I get it. So get the right guy. Right uh, we'll take a time out, but for the that, for the record, what, but that's why I'm talking about Pete. This next two weeks, and I think the first step is that is you have to determine what you're going to do with Trent. You have to. I agree. In my opinion. Nobody keeps the guillotine sharper than Pete Prisco. For the record, that's for sure. Um, Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. We haven't kept it real enough yet. So since we haven't, we'll do that when we come back. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco. It's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. I have not had any yet today. Uh, our topic today, how concerned are you over the running back position at the moment after everything that's happened in the last day? Well, Pete, I, I'm Tony? concerned because, yeah, I, I'm concerned because it was one of the positions I thought you could at least like check the box and say, okay, we don't have to spend too much time in the offseason on it because you have to spend so much time in other places offensively, in my opinion. I mean, you got to build your receiving core, you need a tight end. Um, like is it maybe Dan Arnold and can be that matchup issue? I think you got to build the interior of your offensive line, and so I was hoping that running back would be the one position. Like, okay, check the box, quarterback, check the box, left tackle, check the box, we're good. Um, that's not the case now with James Robinson. I don't know. What, I don't. I have no idea what Travis Etienne is. I have no idea. I didn't see anything in training camp that jumped off the page. I'm like, wow. But in fairness, Fred Taylor's first training camp, a lot of people were saying the same thing about him. Like. He couldn't even beat out. He didn't. He did not beat out James Stewart. James Stewart was the starting running back until he blew his knee out, and Fred was not getting many touches. And now we all know what the career Fred Taylor had once he got on the field. So maybe that's Travis Etienne. I don't know, uh, but there's question marks now that I didn't think I was going to have because I, I was comfortable with James Robinson for sure being a guy I could count on. That's not the case now. Yeah, that it's bad. I mean, and more so than anything, I feel bad for James. Right? Like I said earlier, I just think it's a tough blow for the kid. It's hard to come back from that when you're a running back. I mean, people do it. Don't get me wrong, but that's a tough injury. Um, you know, and, but you made a good point or some. I think you did, Tony. Medicine has come a long way, and that used to knock you out for a whole year, bare minimum. Yep. So like an ACL used to, and it's not the case anymore. So, um, you know, maybe I don't think he'll be back. Maybe he's a pup guy for the first part of the season or something next year but that also means you don't have a running back unless etn's all the way back and we don't know where he's gonna be that's i mean right. that's a well, yeah, he, he had a that's yeah. a major injury too for a running back a liz frank foot injury you, you mess with the feet ankles of a running back that worries you that liz frank's no joke um so your your question i mean your point is 100 correct pete i have big concerns at the running back position i think it's something you have to address in the free agency or the middle of the draft now, and that's not something I would want to do because you have so many positions to fill. Or here's a novel idea. Get a system where it just works no matter like the 49ers, whoever runs the football. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I can go back to the days when you guys played the Broncos back in the day. It, it didn't matter. They threw Derek Lavelle back there, and he went for over 100 in the fourth quarter against you guys one game. In the fourth <laughs> Thanks, quarter. Man. Thanks, Pete. Well, but you, Thanks, you know what I mean, Tony. You get it, too. If you run that kind of scheme or something – the back itself, if you have a guy that can make a cut here and there, like you said about the other guy doesn't cut, then you it'll work whoever it is. How many guys have the 49ers rolled through in the last couple of years that run the football and have run it well? Well, the best one they have is Debo Samuel. Yeah, right, right but, Okay, but Elijah Mitchell, who they found in late rounds, was, was running wild until he got hurt. Sure. No, I agree with that. Jeff no, Wilson, when he goes in sometimes, I mean, back to Matt Breida when he was there. I mean, those guys all run the football. No, but Pete, my point is now you have to spend a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft pick to get a guy. Right. That, I mean, right. And you were hoping you didn't have to do that. You probably would have had to get use a four, at some point you had to use a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick in the back anyway just to do it. That's fair. So that was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. You open up a winner today, Real Ingredients Award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We have a boatload of social media questions today. Okay. Inquiring minds want to know about this Jaguars team. We'll get some answers when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli. The Jags lost to the Jets yesterday. Seven straight losses for the Jags, a 2-13 and record, two games to go. This week, the Jags will face the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, a place they've never won. And then in week okay. Hold eight, on. What? I've got to interrupt you. Are you watching? Did you watch as we were coming back? Who are you blowing kisses to, Pete? I'm not blowing kisses anyway. I'm going. I got to <laughs> oh, no, contact. No, I missed that. No, you, you Who am I blowing kisses to? I don't know. <laughs> I got a contact. I got a hair on my contact lens that's just destroying. He's got a contact hair in his contact. He's blowing kisses. He's blowing kisses to people. Uh, Turn your know. video off. It's, 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 it's distracting. Who are you kissing? <laughs> Let me keep eating. <laughs> wow. My God. Go no, hey, I, I said enough. This is more entertaining than seven straight losses. I'll say that. Let's get to social media questions. Number, we got a bunch of them. These today. ought to be good. This ought to be good. At the Duval special, how much of the O line can be fixed this offseason? Well, the whole thing's going to be fixed. Um, I mean, well, I. I Okay, you're gonna. You already said you're tagging Cam Robinson, bare minimum, right? I am. Yeah. Okay, so tag, Noel gone, Linder gone. Linder was bad yesterday. Of all of them, he was probably one of the worst ones. Right guard. Arch. I mean, I think you're keeping Barch. You're keeping Will Richardson. You're keeping Shatley. Um, so you're keeping all the backups. <laughs> I, I I think you end up keeping Juwan Taylor. Like, I, one thing I would do. Well, he's not expensive. No, he's not. One thing I would do, Pete, and I just don't know who's like making these decisions down there now. I think I'd put Juwan Taylor on the bench and go put Walker Little out there and say, you're playing right tackle for two weeks. I want to see what you can do. Or put him in. You said that last week, and I would consider it myself. Or you know what else? Uh, Hey, Norwell, you're going to sit. I'm putting Walker Little, you're going to play left guard. guard. I I consider that too. 
He's got to play somewhere the last two weeks. You got to say. Well, he might be, maybe he's the left guard this week if Norwell's out. Yeah, so he Norwell's might be. out. So. Put him in. And Barch is on the COVID list, right? Yes. He might be off by next week. He, he's on it. Well, the question, I mean, what we don't know is Barch vaccinated or unvaccinated. Because if he's, not, if he's unvaccinated, he's there for 10 days no matter what. So, okay, so if he's out and Norwell's out, then Little almost has to start a left guard. I would start him no matter what, Pete. I want to see what he can do. I agree. I agree. And and so, okay, so offensive line, one sure guy back in his spot if you want to tag him. That's it. Well, I'm tagging him. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of new uh, faces. Guys will be on the roster next year. That's the question. Who's on the roster next year? What do you mean? Who's on the roster? From a, which guys uh, are coming back? Oh, from an offensive, offensive line. line? Um, I think uh, Cam Barch Little. I, I think Juwan Taylor's coming back. Um, he's he's been up and down. He's done some good, some bad. Um, Shatley's back. Um, Casey McDermott's back. So Cans, uh, Norwell, Linder, all gone. I don't know about Can. I don't know. Is his contract up? I think so. And I don't know what. If he not, a, he makes he, too much money. We had an knee injury, and I don't know. And oh, he, he didn't play, play well. So, he didn't play well before he got hurt. But he played so well last year. Is my point, Pete? He did. Um, he did. I'd love to have Linder back, but Linder just can't stay healthy. Yeah, at some point you got to move on from that. Yeah, uh, Cam is a free agent after the season. Yeah, so he's gone. Yeah, my guess is those three are gone. So, that's my guess. So they need to find they need to find some offensive linemen. That's yeah. a lot. And that's hard to do in the NFL where there aren't many. That's, that's a, right. That's a struggle. Our next question: Social which, media. Which means, by the way, which means you might not be able to do it, Pete. You might have to bring those guys back. That's true. Uh, at Devil X Jaguar X eighty two, year in and year out, why are the Jaguars so undisciplined? Silly penalties, drop passes, can't get lined up. I could go on. I just want them to look competent and be competitive. Is that too much to ask? I don't know about year in, year out. I would love when like fans do this. Pete, fix your eye. Um, when people <laughs> like make these general statements over years and years, I don't remember like, and maybe it's the case. Maybe Devil X Jaguars eighty two has a better sense than I do. Um, that the silly penalty – I don't remember last year – like, they were a bad team last year. I don't remember silly penalties or undisciplined play last year. They were just bad. Um, well, bad teams – bad penalties. teams, poorly coached, may have a lot of penalties. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, well, that, Pete, that, that's what I was just going to say. When you're a bad team, typically you get more penalties and make dumb mistakes and you're, you're the inferior team and you look like you don't belong. And, and drop passes are a result of – This year. This year is bad. Drop Bad receivers. Well, they're not good. They're not good. I mean, ideally, Treadwell right now is probably their best receiver, and he should be a four. He wasn't on the team middle of the season. Right. And best case scenario, he's a four. He looks like a fourth receiver. That's what he is. He's their best receiver right now. Hmm. How about, did you? There was a play yesterday where they did they actually cross. Do you remember this play? And they almost ran into each other again. <laughs> Did you remember it, Tony? I, I can't do it. Let's go to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin Pete, Jones like, had to like, side swipe. Pete <laughs> wants all these picks and rubs. Well, that's what you get. At Carnival Thomas. Do you, play the right way, damn it. Do you have any thoughts on rushing quarterbacks faking going out of bounds? Now, we touched on this a minute ago, but 
I think we all came to the conclusion it was just a nice run by Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think he was faking I still think he faked it. I Who cares if he faked it? Made, oh, here we go. Pete's flip-flopping again. The flipper. Here comes flipper, <laughs> JP. I, I, watch, I, haven't watched, I haven't watched the defensive tape yet. You can't tell off the TV tape. I'll watch it on the defensive tape. I, I'll He's tell you that. He's a flipper. When I watched it initially, I thought he faked it. I thought it was the Kenny Pickett thing only on the sideline. You know, well, they should have, okay, if they had blasted him on the sideline, would they have gotten the penalty? Not if he's inbounds. Yeah, he was inbounds. He shouldn't have, at least. And guess what? If you're Rudy Ford, if you go take the right angle and you cut him off in front of him, you force him to make. Story. That's a whole other story, Vaselli. Taking the right angle. If somebody had taken the right angle, he would have no chance to get that right. run. Well, here's but another he thought, too. Is, then you force it. You force him to make the right decision, which is going out of bounds. Yeah. So it. it is it worth just popping him one time so he doesn't do it again? So well, he I thinks twice about it? Next time, if I'm Rudy Ford, the next time like we play the Jets and Zach Wilson, I'm going to take his head off and say, okay, dude, you made me look bad, and I got uh-huh. – I got. Okay, but why is that, Tony? Why is that? Why are you going to take his head off? Well, because – What did he do wrong? wrong? According to you, he did nothing wrong. I agree he did nothing wrong. I'm just saying, as a player – you want to try to make up because you look bad, and you can say, I'm going to take uh, it out of you. Not because he made him look bad, because he looked like he might be going out of bounds and he slowed up. That's no, all you're saying. No, because no, no, no. no, he didn't make, slow up. If you yeah, look at it, he never slowed up, Pete. Moving along. Why are you shaking your head? Go fix Because he deeped him. Yeah, he okey-doked him a little bit. That's okay. It's part yeah. of it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, next question. Yeah, right. I take his, I'm with Tony. I take his head off next time I saw him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, litigious... <laughs> Kanga won. All of a sudden, with J-Rob's injury and ETN's comeback uncertain, running back looks like a serious need heading into the offseason. How devastating is it to add uh, yet another position of need for this depleted roster? Yeah, they've they already had a long list. We've already, yeah, we already talked about this. It's an issue. Uh, well, you know what? Adrian Peterson will probably be willing. He plays wherever he can get all 32 uh, teams in the league yeah. before it's over with. Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> wow. Not good. Not good. Not Get good. the right offensive system in there, and you can plug in the running back. I'm telling you. But what is the highest round you would take a running back, Pete? Just in general. Well, I mean, if if I was doing the draft and Fred Taylor was coming out, like get him in the second round, I take him. Second round, though, <laughs> you you're still not a first round running back guy. No, I the game has evolved. So my friend. If Fred Taylor played today's game, you could split him out wide. He'd catch he'd catch sixty five passes. So, yeah, I, I'd consider him in the first round. Somebody what like about, that. What about Jonathan Taylor? How good would Jonathan Taylor be if he was running behind the Jaguars' offensive line? How about Derrick Henry? How good would he be running behind the Jaguars' offensive line? Derrick Henry's good behind any offensive line. They've changed that thing over, and they're not great at Tennessee. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take one of those two in the first round. Back end. Yeah. But hmm. if I had... Let's put it this way. If I had a pass rush problem, which I think the Jaguars do, I'm not taking the running back over the pass rusher. I agree with that. Next question. Social media rolling along today at Nick Pope Joy. Is Mac Jones, Mac Jones going to run for 100 yards next week? Uh, I would guess no, no but yeah. No. Mac, Mac Jones was not very good last week against the Bills. No, he was exposed a little bit in that game, and I hate no, he's a tactical kid. But they sl- everybody had him in the Hall of Fame, and that slowed after yesterday. That slowed yeah. a little bit. 
That's right. Still nothing down the field from him much, right, Pete? No, not at all. Not a short. It was bad. He was bad yesterday. At one point, I think he was five for eighteen. He was bad. Oh, oh no. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. Not, not good, good, coach. Not good, coach. Uh, next question. <laughs> Social media bringing it today at Eric M. Davenport. Trevor looked as comfortable as he has since the bye week. What was done differently scheme-wise that made him look like who we've been expecting to see from a number one overall? And is it sustainable? There was no pass rush. You're playing against the worst defense in the NFL who had seven starters out because of COVID. If he it was pitch and catch. It was a seven-on-seven yeah, drill. That's not good. Like, like be balanced. I'm not going to kill Trevor before the way the season's gone. I still think he's a great, going to be a franchise quarterback, be really good. I'm also not going to say everything's fixed because what they did against the Jets. And by the way, that's the worst defense, the worst scoring defense. They were without seven starters, and they still only managed 21 points. And and by the way, receivers were actually open yesterday. That's how bad that defense was. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, they don't get open. Slid it right in there. Uh, Next question, social media, Twitter today, at B for Brendan. Uh, What did you guys think of Walker Little's performance as a slot wide receiver? Could that role be expanded in the future? Giving no, our receiving woes and current depth at tackle. We're not hashtag doing this. Move four, on. Hashtag on. four to six, A to B. No, move on. We're not doing this. It's By the way, I wonder, Pete, maybe you know this. You've been around a while. How many times in league history have there been two touchdowns by offensive linemen in the same game? It's pretty amazing. You saw that, right? I mean, yeah. it's, I don't think that's happened. I, I do know this. Dak Prescott was the first time that a guy's thrown a touchdown pass to a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, and an offensive lineman <laughs> in the game. That's crazy. Spreading the wealth. Um, of course, you know, Will Richardson recovered. Sally, you never had a ball thrown to you, did you? No, I was never even eligible. Tom didn't do it. I blame him. Weren't you a tight end in high school, too? Yes. I, 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 I think I could have averaged like 20, 30 catches a, a year if they would have given me the opportunity. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> A big old lumbering body coming down. They would have to, no way. If, You're if, crazy. I wonder if he had like two or three touchdown receptions, he'd already be in the hall. Pete, what do you think? Well, we'll know. We'll know if he's making the final list on Thursday, right? Oh, they cut it down on Thursday. It's coming up this week. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday. I hope both you and Fred make it the finalists. I do too. It'd be great. That'd be and Leroy Butler. I was on radio in in uh, Milwaukee the other day with Leroy. I said it'd be a great. A great uh, ceremony if Tony, Leroy, and, and Fred all got in in the same year. That'd be fantastic. That'd be fun. That'd be a heck of a week in Canton for sure. Uh, a couple questions left on uh, Twitter today. This is at Waxer564. Pete and Tony, if you were the GM, what are you doing with a first overall pick? Pick a pass rusher or trade back? Depends. What am I going to get for trading back? Right. If I can trade back and get. The Giants, two first-round picks, I'm trading back. Yeah, I mean, if, I'm trade, if, I get, if I get two first-round picks from the Eagles, I'm trading back. If I, yeah, yeah no. if, I get, if you get two first-round picks, you're trading back. Well, it depends. What, I mean, are those – I don't want to go all the way back to the end of the first round. You would take one in the 10 and one in, one in the top 10 sure. and one in the – Yeah, but yeah. One, has, one has to be in the top 10 is my point. Yeah, I would, I would trade back. If I could trade back, I'm trading back. I don't think there's a – I mean, don't get me wrong. Hutchinson and Thibodeau are both really good players, but I still think there's so many needs on this team that you have to address address but them. But who's but Pete? 
Who's, who's going up again? Who's going to fight? There's Nobody. No, there's no one giving a top 10 and another no. first rounder to go up to no. number one. No, not without a teams quarterback in this spot. Teams only do that for the quarterback. Right. And there's no quarterback. So and re- they're going to be stuck one, picking one. So who are you picking? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen glimpses of both. It's either going to be, to me, it would either be Hutchinson or Thibodeau, one or the other. You don't like the tackle from Alabama? No, he's good. Really good. But I think you can get a lineman. And, and you drafted a lineman in the second round that's supposed to be starting next year. Well, that's what you have to find out in these last two weeks. you got to play him. I'm with you. I'm with you, Tony. I agree. One more social media question. This is from at UCF underscore Jaguar. Why do guys like Mike Mayock and Lewis Riddick get GM interviews, but Pete doesn't? Is Pete not as smart as he leads on to believe? Mm, good point. I think that must be it. Pete is a secretly dumb person. Well, you know what? Let me think. Mike Mayock hasn't done so well, has he? They're in the, aren't they? Did they win the other day? They won yesterday. Yeah, but they, they haven't been in the playoffs. He hired Gruden, or they he was part of the Gruden thing. Yeah, right. He didn't hire Gruden. <laughs> and what about Lou Riddick? He was part of the <laughs> he was part of the dream team in Philadelphia. Hey, okay. Here's all you need to know about. Mike Mayock. He drafted Cleveland Farrell when he when he could have had that that one fourth right overall. That that's fourth overall. That draft they had three first round picks. They drafted Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and who was the third one? There was one other one, and it didn't work out. Josh Jacobs is a good player. He's a serviceable runner. <laughs> what is a serviceable runner? Do you, when you do you stop when Josh Jacobs goes? Oh my God, what a player! No. Who was the other pick in that draft? Was it? Jo- it wasn't Jonathan Abram, was it? I don't remember. It was a corner. Well, he drafted him too, and he's not any good. It'll have been. Uh, let's see. Farrell was uh, at number four overall. That, and that, then... That's the mystery. I. I like, and I heard from people. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I heard from people that they were all pushing for Devin White, and that was John Gruden going rogue on Cleveland Farrell. So defensive Mike Mayock. It was Jacobs, and then it was Jonathan Abram, the safety from Mississippi State. Yeah. So, okay, you got a bust with the one at four. Jacobs is a serviceable running back, nothing special, and Jonathan Abram is a box safety. Bad draft. I love you, Pete. <laughs> Bad draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one side of it. So what would you have picked, question, Pete? What? what would you What would you have picked then, Pete? I would. I wouldn't have taken Cleveland Farrell. Everybody knew he was a an end that had no speed, no twitch. It was easy to see. He was a big end. Plus, should we go through the history of those Clemson ends? I mean, remember Gaines Adams and all those busts back? In? Yeah, no, no. And I would never take a box safety in this era, ever. Just like the Seattle traded the picks for Jamal Adams. He's a box safety. What are these guys doing? Do they not know the game is an air game? It's an air game now. You don't take box safeties. Thanks for all the social media questions today. I think we hit most bases in this edition. Oh, yes, I'm smarter than Mike Mayock. <laughs> I was, that's what I was waiting for. I mean, just the closing line. And that's all. I mean, that's all you need to know. Pete Prisco is smarter than Lewis Riddick and Mike Mayock. Just Thank ask you. Him. Just ask him. Just ask him. He'll tell you. We're back with a look around the NFL in just a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Welcome back, Jaguars. Happy hour. Our final few minutes. We always go around the National Football League. Let's take a look at week number 16. Thursday, the Titans will win over the 49ers, 20-17. A couple of Saturday games. Packers over the Browns, 24-22. The Colts over the Cardinals, 22-16. So the Colts keep pace, at least, in the AFC South. Falcons beat the Lions yesterday. The Buccaneers hammered the Panthers 32-6. The Bengals with an incredible day by Joe Burrow, one of four touchdown passes. Dan Horde on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530 and the Bengals radio network. Burrow ready for the shotgun snap. Joe has the ball, drops back three steps. He fires, oh. and it is caught by T. Higgins. Touchdown, Bengals, as he ran a post pattern, got position inside of Daryl Worley, and hauls in Burrow's fourth touchdown pass of the game 525 passing yards the fourth best passing day in league history Pete. it was incredible to watch now the ravens were down a bunch of guys and they're banged up in the secondary but that Bengals offense is really good it's fun to watch and, and he plays with that swagger look wink martindale made the crack about not putting him in the hall of fame and you know you know he didn't like it i i think joe burrow has it um, he's going to be the real deal for a long time. And it's hard to believe that Jacksonville led them by, what, 20 at one point in that game? Yeah. <laughs> On the road. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, uh, you know, then whatever happened after the game happened, and that was the end of that. But um, I just think that Burrow's the real deal. I mean, that's a good team. They're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, they play the Chiefs this week, by the way. It'll be a test. This one we'll find out if they're for real this week. Right. The Texans are hey, don't look now. They're on a winning streak. They beat the Chargers 41 to 29. The Rams over the Vikings 30 to 23. The Buffalo Bills go into Foxborough and get a big win on the road. Josh Allen to the tight end late. John Murphy on WGR Sports Radio 550 in Buffalo. Second and goal from the two. Josh Allen gonna go shotgun to snap. Keeps it himself. Josh flings it to Dawson Knox. Touchdown! Touchdown, Buffalo! They are headed to the exits now here in Foxborough. The Bills score a touchdown. Josh Allen to Dawson Knox for the touchdown. That's your guy, Pete. Josh Allen. Look, that was a proven game. People still had doubts about them and still had doubts about that team. They went in there, dominated that thing from start to finish. And, And it wasn't just on offense. Defensively, they were outstanding. Remember, this was the team that got pushed around in that game, but they had different guys were missing in that first meeting when the wind and all that. So that's a, the bills are going to win a division. Now they play Atlanta at home and the jets at home. They're not losing again. So they win the division. So, but if, if both teams went out, is it the bills you win? Yes. Based on comfort, of, division, comfort, record. division, division, record, division right. Yep. So because, the, and the, the, because they're the not Bay losing Patriots at home have, to Atlanta and not, and not losing at home to the jets. Well, they have the, the, Patriots have the Jags and then Jags and Dolphins. Miami. Miami Dolphins. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Miami's a tough game. But we'll get, we'll, Pete is are, is New England in the playoffs if they win one of the next two? If they get the ten wins. Yeah, they'll be in. They're in. The well, they got playoffs first. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, let's get serious here, Tony. You, you got a big game this week. Come on, like the Jags are going to Foxborough. The that's what I said. Eagles, well, you are over- guaranteed it, JP. You still standing by it? Well, the, the guarantee, the lock's gone now because the Jags lost to the Jets. Yeah, but you can still say you got three out of four. You're not standing by it either. You don't. You have. You don't. You know what? At all. 
Double down. I'm going to lock it. Oh, oh God. God. No, Double do down. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Jay, you look as foolish as Baselli when he locks them. Well, Baselli locks always fail. Mine, Jay, only three Jay, out of four times are right. JP, don't get baited in by Pete. I've done it too many times. You can get baited to lock something that's a bad lock. You just got bamboozled. Only got two opportunities left to lock something this season. Eagles over the Giants, 34-10. Thank you, Joe. The Bears over the Seahawks in the snow, 25-24. The Chiefs blew out the Steelers, starting with an early Clyde Edwards-Elaire touchdown. Mitch Holtis on 106.5 The Wolf and the Chiefs radio network. The Chiefs go giant, giant, giant because Allegretti and Blythe in. They only have eight offensive linemen eligible, and seven are in right now. They try it on a push left side, breaking up the hit, ending near side, touchdown, Kansas City, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was hit in the backfield, would not be denied, and Angles near side, and the Chiefs get a touchdown on their first drive of the game. Pete, they just beat the hell out of the Steelers, and uh, I'll say Big Ben just doesn't look even close. Well, the team, that team isn't any good. They, no. I mean, defensively, they got pushed around, too. They can't stop the run. Uh, Edwards-Hilaire, by the way, got hurt again. He's, he's one, he looks like he's going to be one of those guys that's always hurt. Um, just when they get going, they put guys in there. Williams went in and ran it. Gore ran in and ran it. I mean, they can run the ball. They're, they're back. <laughs> and they're playing good defense. Yes. They're the best team in the AFC. Don't you think right now it's going to be Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, Packers? Yes. That's the final four. The Raiders over the Broncos. They took the lead in the third quarter. Brent Musburger on the Compass Media, Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network. Barber now will be right next to Carr. First down and goal from the five. Opening series of the second half. Now it's Barber turn. Daylight dives over the top. Signal? Anybody? Signal? No signal yet. Jackpot, baby! <laughs> Vegas touchdown. I'm, I'm like you, Brent. I didn't see a referee signaling anything. Just they were just walking back there. Exactly. Him out. <laughs> Interesting call there. The Raiders get a win, though, Pete, in the division. What was he waiting for? You could see it. Waiting for TV the signal. Right waiting he for scored. the hands in the yeah, air. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he anyway. scored. That's a big win for the Raiders. Now they got a big game. Now they play a pseudo playoff game this week at Indy. That's a tough game. Tough it's, not game. Great, it's not a great matchup for the Raiders. No, it's the not. Indy, the way Indy wants to play and run the ball, it's tough. And Indy cap- is that danger team in the postseason. Well, because they're physical and they play right. good defense. Right. Cowboys over Washington. They found out they won the division, then they went out and beat Washington 56-14. to Are you scared of Dallas moving ahead here? Dallas is the one team. Here's what Dallas is. If they get the lead, they're going to be so dangerous because they can rush the passer with so many different guys now. You got Lawrence back. You got Gregory. You got Parsons. They can all rush the passer, and so they got. To, but they got to play with the league because they're not a big defense. They can get pushed around a little bit in the run game. What's with your lighting? It must be dark you outside. Not, did you not pay your electric bill this month or something? <laughs> what is that? I, I, well, I started the show out on the porch, looking at the ocean. I'm, as I'm, I'm staying in the condos, we're building a new house. And it just started getting dark, and I just looked at my camera. I'm like, oh, it's really dark. I'm probably getting see me. So I just my phone and <laughs> lit myself. Hey, can you tell us some ghost stories while you're at it? It'd be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. 
I'm trying to I'm trying to produce and do everything over here. You're doing a great job, Tony. Time for Monday Night great Football. Job. After starting one and seven, the Miami Dolphins have reeled off six straight wins. They hold their playoff destiny in their hands. They can move into the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs via the fifth tiebreaker for the win tonight. The seven and seven Dolphins head to the Big Easy. They'll face rookie quarterback Ian Book and the seven and seven New Orleans Saints. With backup Blake Bortles, who you got tonight in the Superdome? Uh, What's your evaluation of that, Tony? What's your evaluation of that? It was okay. It was better than last week. Last week was so bad. It was embarrassing. (laughs) He rebounded a little bit. It was better than Um, your lighting. Better than your lighting, I'll say that. You started well. You started well. You kind of faded on that one. He didn't finish strong, Pete. No, he didn't finish. Who you got in the Superdome, Pete? Answer the question. I I have the Saints. I think Sean Payton relishes this. You know what I did the other day? I went back and watched Ian Book preseason tape to see what he was like. Uh. I liked him, and I liked him there. Ian Book will play well tonight. I'll take the Saints. Well, remember the question they asked earlier is why is Pete not have a GM job? Is he dumber than <laughs> Mayock and, and Riddick? Yes, the answer is he's dumber. It's the Dolphins all day, all night in the Big Easy. Tua takes them to town. There you have it. Disagree. Pete Prisco, have a good one. See you guys. Pete Prisco, right. out of here. Tony Baselli is in the dark. Uh, for Joe Fortunato and Brent Reber, our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. The Jaguars are trying to snap a seven-game losing skid next week in New England. A bunch of guys on the COVID list. Of course, checking us out tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon, rather, with Jaguars Happy Hour. That's at 4 o'clock on 1010XL. And then the Jaguars coaches show at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars digital network.